What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Oh, hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, February 8, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska Interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 749 of the Biden-Harris administration, 636 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska. I'm doing some videos over there, talking on video. I can't believe it. I'm on video on Instagram. Plus, I'm on Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, spoutable. Bob Seska. That's my handle. And I'm on Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com. And as the president says, this is a big effing deal. The great Christopher Boozy is here today. He's the founder of the new social media platform, Spoutable.com, which I've been calling Twitter without the fuckery. The site just launched for the public on Monday, so we'll get into why Christopher decided to take on the other big platforms and what sets Spoutable apart from the others. And full disclosure, I've been standing Christopher's work, including Spoutable, for a while now, mainly because I respect his intentions and especially his talent and attention to detail. By the way, we'll also talk about the 2024 election and how Christopher forecasted the 2022 midterms with such incredible accuracy. Meantime, please help support this show by subscribing to our Patreon, bobseskashow.com. Okay, feel free to live spout the following chat with Christopher on Spoutable. Here we go. More fun! How about Biden's rabbit season, duck season trick last night? (laughs) I've never seen a president publicly trap the opposition party like that during a State of the Union or otherwise. What did you think? It was masterful. And, you know, people just keep... (laughs) underestimating Biden mm-hmm. and, and they shouldn't do that. They do, you know, they're doing it at that at their own peril. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was masterful. Right. And the subtext, I think beyond just the fact that he got them to walk into their own social security propeller, so to speak, <laughs> is the fact that, you know, as you know, they've made a lot about Biden's age and they claim he's senile. He's got dementia. He's not aware of what's going on around him. But yet he was able to own every single member of the Republican caucus live on television. I mean, and there's no indication that it was anything other than spontaneous. He's just reading the room and and completely screwed them all, got them all to scream liar and to wrap their arms and legs around Social Security and Medicare and then use it against them. It was perfect. Right, because uh, at the end of the day, uh, Biden is a skillful politician uh i mean he's been doing this for a very long time yeah um you know we you know unfortunately here in america we don't we don't value our our elders you know the seniors as much as they do in other countries Mm -hmm. and of course biden has lost a step or two i've lost a step or two i'm nowhere near (laughs) you know as we get older in age unfortunately that's what happens but that does not mean uh you know biden is senile he doesn't know what's going on Mm -hmm. well look if if that's biden being quote unquote senile then i I, you know what i don't want to i don't want to tangle with 
uh, quote unquote senile Biden because he, yeah. he he owned them all, like you said. Well, it's like I remember back during the Obama years when they couldn't peg anything on Barack Obama. There were no scandals, nothing they could really latch onto, and I think it drove them crazy. And that's why they ended up yelling about tan suits and gherkins and arugula and all this bullshit, all of these non-scandal scandals, because that was the only thing. And so when I hear them attacking Joe Biden because Joe Biden is old, I take that as a sign that they've got nothing. Is that a good read on the situation? I think so. I think, <laughs> you know, they don't have anything. So it's like, okay, let's just go with he's too old. He's, you know, but at the end of the day, I just, I think, I think Biden is a hell of a lot more masterful than people give him credit for. It's yeah, skillful. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, there have been presidents much younger than Joe Biden who were never able to pull off something like he did last night. And that wasn't the only thing. I mean, there were many other examples throughout the course of the evening of Joe Biden showing his experience and his attention to what the opposition is doing. It was just absolutely masterful. So, Christopher, I cannot even imagine how colossally busy you are right now. So thank you so much for joining me today. You, oh, you're welcome. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's been crazy. It's been a hectic, hectic uh, couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. So how long is your spoutable troubleshooting list at this point? Because it's, oh, it's yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say it's a mile long, but yeah. Yeah, but it's one of those things. Anyone who's ever started a website, irrespective of its functionality, you put it up, you put it online, and then as people start to roll in and test it out, kick the tires, so to speak, you have to go through and kind of solve problems as they pop up along the way. And it's, I think, a normal process, right? It's just a normal part of growing up, so to speak, when it comes to uh, the digital world. Yeah, it's 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 part of it you know mm. dealing with a bunch of users coming on at one time and you know ironing out the bugs and trying to get the network stabilized so people can actually communicate and things like that uh it's 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 <laughs> it's been a stressful couple of weeks but you know we, we're hoping that we can get everything resolved today yeah. uh you know things are pretty fast but then we have these periods where things get slow. And like someone said just a moment ago before I came on with you, uh, you know, things would be slow for like a few minutes and then blazing fast again. So yeah. we're, we're just trying to nail down, you know, what's happening behind the scenes so we can, so we can launch hopefully tomorrow, officially uh, tomorrow. There is no test pilot program that goes on for several years before something is actually put into execution. So you kind of do it on the fly. It's like my entire history working online has been, kind of growing up in public view, so to speak, you know, making all my mistakes, kind of finding my way through this. And I think we can all say that about our public internet presence. And that I think applies as well to uh, websites. In fact, I really empathized with the initial server issues because back in the dot-com era, I made a cartoon about Napster and Metallica that went totally viral. It went nuts. It was like year 2000 and uh, a lot of people couldn't see it because it kept crashing all the servers. So I kind of chalk that up to being a good problem to have. Is that how kind of you're seeing the initial server issues with Spoutable? Yeah, I mean, because there's interest in, in uh, yeah, a massive amount of interest in the platform. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't, and you know, we spent the time putting this all together, and no one really came or cared. I mean, that would actually be worse. There are people <laughs> yeah. who are actually, you know, that would be a hell of a lot worse than okay, yeah, you know what? It's a, it's it's slow. We're you know we're working through the the the, the problems, the growing pains, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, you could just never. You could do all the planning in the world, um, but when it comes to these these social networks. You know, it, it, just stuff pops up, you know, bugs yeah. pop up. Like you said, people start kicking the tires mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, gosh, how did we miss this? How did we miss that? So, you know, we're working through it. It's it's getting better by the day. Was there ever any concern when you were developing Spoutable that you would launch it and no one would give a shit? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, that was a huge concern, you know. Yeah. You know, you put this time and effort into something 
and you set it all up and you open your doors and it's like a ghost town. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst thing you can have for you know a social media platform. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but th- thankfully that did not happen. <laughs> um, we had uh, approximately 10,000 users create an account within eight minutes, mm-hmm. uh, wow. which was, uh, yeah, that was crazy. And then we pretty much crashed after that. <laughs> but it was good to see uh, in real time just those accounts flying in and, you know, people excited to use it. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the reasons why I and Kimberly are, are pushing Spoutable so much is, one, we have immense confidence in your abilities, but also because you've delivered a version of Twitter, but without all the harrowing awfulness that we see on the big social media platforms, the long-standing ones. What was your goal when you decided to jump into this project and kind of throw your hat into the ring with social media? Right. You know, I was tired of trying to help other platforms do the right thing and be yeah. better. You know, that's what I spent the last four plus years with Twitter trying to do uh, to get them to realize like, hey, your platform is toxic and it's dangerous uh, to a lot of individuals. Um, especially, you know, women, uh, you know, people of color. So for me, it, it was just like, okay, Twitter's, <laughs> it's not looking good for Twitter. And now people are migrating to other platforms. And I didn't want to go through the process of trying to get another platform to actually do the right thing. So I decided, hey, you know, um, with my uh, COO, you know, I said, why don't we just, well, I, I, actually, it was kind of like a back and forth, but, you know, at some point I was just like, I think we could do this and why don't we do this? Yeah. Um, you know, if if everyone else can throw their hat in the ring, why can't we throw our hat in the ring? We have, you know, a lot of great ideas. And at the end of the day, we've been, you know, on the forefront of trying to stop missing disinformation and targeted harassment. So I just thought the next you know, evolution of a bot signal and what we've been doing is to uh, launch this platform. Yeah, and I want to come back to Spoutable, obviously, but mm-hmm. along those lines, until you and a couple of others came along to fix all the fuckery, so to speak, uh, social media was proving to be kind of a failed experiment in my estimation. I mean, geared toward data mining and socio-psychological experimentation, which is actually what I believe Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg love to do, manipulate users with nonsensical changes to the platform to see how we all react, shaking up the ant farm to watch us all freak out. Am mm-hmm. I being am I being too conspiratorial about that, or did these no. mega platforms just screw themselves by messing with our heads and our privacy? Well, I think you know. Look, I, I have no clue what Elon is is, is doing, but I, I would say this. <laughs> no, I will say this. I, you know, it, it, there's no rhyme or reason to half the stuff Elon does, and you know, he's he's about to start charging for the API access. And yeah. apparently he's going to charge a thousand bucks if you're a brand and you want a gold check mark. And, Ugh. you know, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. Um, so, what, you know, what, motiv- what motivates someone to come aboard a, a platform like that? And then you don't make it better. You actually it. just make it different and weirder. I, I just, I don't grasp what his mission was. I don't get it. You know, he spent forty-four billion dollars <laughs> yeah. to turn it into to 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 what is it? HN now we could call it. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, Damn close. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what we what we would call this thing, but you know, I I just I I don't know. Like, yeah, I wish I did because it's the it's a question that a lot of folks have been asking for months. Why spend forty-four billion dollars to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, he could have saved his money and did something else. Uh, but for but the good news, let me just say this. I will say this. By him buying this thing, it, it, it has fragmented um, the user base. People are yes. going other places. And that may not be a bad thing because Twitter was so concentrated. And because the way Twitter was concentrated, you know, a lot of these um, hostile foreign nations would you know, interfere in a lot of stuff that was happening on the platform. Mm-hmm. So by it being, you know, you know, fragmented now, I do think it will help a little bit with what's been happening. It seems like by their own decision-making, uh, specifically people like Elon and Zuckerberg, 
they've actually driven more users over to platforms like Spoutable. Uh, it seems yep. like they're destroying their own user base by just randomly messing around with it. And I'll never understand that logic. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, look, <laughs> if, if I would have launched, if I would have launched Spoutable, let's say five months ago, yeah. it definitely would have been a ghost town. No one would have left Twitter <laughs> to come to Spoutable. They would have said, look, Boozy, we love you, but no guy, it's not, it's not happening. Yeah. Uh, but by him buying it and just making it significantly worse than it was, people are just throwing their hands up and they want something better. Um, you know, I look, putting aside Spotable for a second, when I go on Twitter now, it's, it, I, you know, it was bad before, but now it's just so toxic. Yeah. Um, and then I'm not even seeing relevant information anymore, relevant news. At least I used to see that. Mm -hmm. Now, when I go on there, I see a lot of right wing stuff that I never used to see before. I don't follow like a lot of right wing uh, individuals. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I barely see people that I actually follow that I follow. Like, for example, Kimberly. Yeah. You know, I used to see her tweets all the time. I barely see her now. You know, every now and once at the you know, blue moon, she will send me a DM and say, hey, uh, you know, I used to see her tweets all the time. I used to, you know, retweet her and everything. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm just seeing a whole lot of right wing folks. Yeah. The great irony of that is Kimberly is on Twitter more than any mortal human being is on Twitter. So the, the fact that you don't see her says a lot about what's happening with the algorithm of Twitter. It's just, uh, it's astonishing that they would screw themselves like that. Um, why, just a, a, a side note regarding other social media platforms that I've just been curious about throughout the sure. years. Why do some of the platforms throttle the reach for certain users? I, I, I don't think I'm uh, seeing something that's not there. I think this is something that a lot of regular users of social media notice, especially uh, quite a bit on Facebook, but also Twitter and Instagram, where they kind of cap your visibility at random times, maybe for a few days, maybe for a week, and then it goes back to normal, and then it resumes again. Does it even happen, one, and then why? Right. So, you know, look, there's there's a lot of research that goes into how we interact on these platforms to try to keep us on the platforms, you know, so it's like, okay, what are we going to show them? Um, you know, what's going to keep this person coming back? What is this person into? Um, you know, is one person receiving more views than they should? I mean, because look, on Twitter, there are times I can tweet out the silliest thing and it goes viral and I'll get a hundred thousand <laughs> yeah. likes and I get virtually no follows from it. And then there are other times where I would just, I'm not kidding. I would get 20,000 followers in a day with no manipulation, mm. nothing like that. And I just sit down. I'm like, why is this? Like what, what, what is happening? Um, so, you know, it's it, a lot of it, I believe is the algorithms just, you know, doing what algorithms do. And sometimes mm. they screw up. Um, I do think sometimes uh, there's some human interaction involved. Mm -hmm. um, but I do believe it's it's mostly algorithms that are uh, interfering in a way that they were not designed to. And that just sometimes the engineers have to tweak things and calibrate things. Because at the end of the day, they do want certain folks going viral because it's money for them, you oh, know, sure. interactions yeah. Yeah. like that. You know, we're doing something different with Spotable. You know, we're trying you know, not to use as many algorithms as possible. So like, for example, with your feed, it's chronological. Um, you yeah. know, whatever, you know, someone spouts out, it comes to you automatically. Um, and and we, we are gonna offer options in the future uh, so you can tailor that. But if you just want the raw feed coming in and seeing everything that's coming in, then that's fine. Um, and, and that is, that's one of the best things about Spoutable. It feels like Twitter in the old days. It feels like Facebook in the old days. When you put something up there, your followers actually end up seeing it, which is such right. a breath of fresh air. Right. And, and, and a lot of folks have talked about the engagement on the platform. Mm -hmm. um, and I was even asked a question yesterday, like, why is the engagement so much higher? 
Uh, and, you know, some people could make the argument, oh, well, there's there are fewer people on the platform, so that's the reason why. No, that, that's actually not the reason why. The, hmm. the reason why is just like you stated, because there's not an algorithm that's really saying, oh, well, you should see this. Well, you shouldn't see that. And you're just getting everything coming in. Uh, it makes interactions a lot more natural and organic because it's not being you, you're not being directed by an algorithm. Uh, so it's it's more spontaneous. So if I can, you know, spout out, I was about to say tweet out, geez, I can spout out <laughs> a, uh, a photo of a cat, you know, and someone may be like, oh, that's so cute. And then it just goes viral naturally. Yeah. Uh, to, to, yeah I just think Twitter is just over over engineered in terms of algorithms at this mm-hmm. point. Okay, so today's show is brought to you by the After Party Podcast on our Patreon page. Every single Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth Bob Seska Show podcast for the week. But this one's totally different from the usual shows, the shows that appear on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. The Friday After Party Podcast is filled with all the politics you want. We still cover politics, but we also mix in uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives here in the big refrigerator, all the stuff we can't get away with on the free show. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just $10 per month. That's pennies per episode. And bonus, you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week included in that level of support. That's bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. And we thank you. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bob Seska! What's one of the first things new users will notice about Spoutable that they're not getting on the other social media platforms? Yeah, I think it's the engagement. I think folks who have had Twitter accounts for an extremely long time um, may only have, let's say, three or 400 followers, and every once in a while they'll get a like here or there. On Spoutable is completely different. I mean, we have people that are literally saying, hey, I was on Twitter for five years and Billy got any interaction. I've been on Spoutable for three days and I've had more interactions in three days than I did the whole entire time I was on Twitter. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. What's the functionality of the edit feature, which is, I think, one of the biggest selling points? I mean, it seems like a no-brainer, but given the fact that it causes so much frustration on Twitter. I, I know I'm raising my hand to that one myself, but how does that operate? Is there a window of time, like a yes. moratorium on when you can actually edit something and then that expires? Yes, absolutely. So you you are, you know, every everyone has access, obviously, to the edit button. We are not charging for it. You do not have to be a <laughs> uh, uh, premium member, yep. you know, pay $8 or whatever the hell it is to, to be able to edit st- stuff. So um, you, you're allowed seven minutes to um, to edit and you can only edit once per per spout. Now, there's, there's a few reasons why we did this. So one, we figure, look, seven minutes is a, it's a long time. You, you make a mistake, you know, you're like, oh man, I, oh, man, I forgot to do whatever. Um, and you edit it. Uh, but what we wa- what we wanted to do is prevent folks from just going and doing nefarious stuff. Because what you could do, even like with Twitter, within the window that you have, you can make so many multiple different edits. 
and start to change the context of what you said. Um, Twitter does show a history, and we show the history as well of the edit, mm -hmm. but we felt like you're getting a second chance at, at editing your spout. Um, you don't need more than one edit. If you have to, if you have to make one more than one edit, like, oh man, I messed up again, then delete the thing and, and start hmm. over. But you, but you have, you have up to seven minutes and you have one edit per spout. And you landed on that number and a lot of the developmental functionality of spoutable by crowdsourcing it, which I yep. love that aspect of Spoutable, among many other things. You crowdsource the name, you crowdsource the logo, many of the features. Uh, did uh, the user reaction or the uh, potential user reaction right. kind of contradict some of your vision for the site? Right. So, I mean, when I went into it, I obviously had a vision, um, but I was not... You know, I it, I wasn't unmovable. You know, it, yeah. it was one of those things where I was saying, like, look, I want to do something different, and I want the community's input on how we should do this. Uh, and so that's the reason why I did that in terms of, like you said, the name, the logo, and and just different features and policy and all that other stuff. And I got a lot of flack for that in the beginning. Oh, that's not the way you run a company. And no, why not? You know, of course, I have to make the final decisions. But if these are the folks that's using the platform, why wouldn't I try to get as much input from them as possible so we can spend more time working on the features that people actually want than the features that we think they want? Yeah. You know, if you tell me, hey, you know, Christopher, I, I you know, I, I want a hamburger, you know, with, <laughs> you know, this, and that, and the third, and these toppings, and then I can give you that. But now here I go and I make you a souffle or something. You're like, man, I, I don't want that. I actually want a hamburger. <laughs> I could have saved a lot of time just asking you what you wanted. Right. Um, so and so that's the thing here. You know, why spend so much time developing stuff? And then people are like, oh, that's great, but who who the hell wants this? And that's what's that's <laughs> what's happened with Twitter over the years. Um, so I think that's the reason. Another reason why people. Are loving spotable so much is because it's the features that they wanted it's what they asked for it's not what you know what we thought they wanted it, it's literally what they wanted it's a great approach and you know it sounds stupid of me to say this but i actually hope some republicans sign up <laughs> it, yeah. as, as the words are coming out of my mouth i'm going good god what am i getting myself into the comments under this episode but obviously the trolls can fuck off right but i i hope the platform doesn't turn into the left's version of truth social where it's just one ideology one group of people that there's some diversity in there seems like if this is going to succeed, it needs to be a universal platform beyond just a liberal bubble. Is that how you're kind of envisioning this? Yes. I want, uh, you know, folks from all over to come on. So yeah. whether you're left-leaning, right-leaning, center, and whatever, um, you know, I, I don't care about that stuff. What I care about, excuse me, is the targeted harassment, the... Mm -hmm. You know, the missing disinformation, um, you know, that's what we're trying to prevent. We're not trying to prevent people from, you know, expressing themselves and, in, 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 you know, sharing their thoughts and sometimes having getting into those heated debates. And that's totally cool. But, you know, uh, homophobia and and, you know, just all the stuff, the crazy crap that we see happening on Twitter, they can leave that. But if they want to come, if, you know, if Marjorie Taylor Greene was to come on the platform and and and, and have a debate with uh, AOC or someone else, that's totally cool. But if she comes on the platform and starts spreading um, anti-trans uh, stuff or, you know, she's, she's spreading um, uh, COVID missing disinformation, we'll ban her like anyone else. That's great. And you're also establishing a policy or have established a policy where if someone's banned on, other, on another platform, mm -hmm. they'll also be banned on Spoutable. Is that right? Of course. So, okay. so someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene, because her account was reinstated, um, that's a bit of a gray area there. Uh, but let, let's just say you're on Twitter 
and you were, you know, banned on Twitter or you were on Instagram, you were banned and you were banned for something like really, uh, you know, just gross, you know, something, who knows what it may be. Yeah, something but, morally uh, reprehensible. Yeah. Yeah. Something just, just, yeah. Uh, you, you would not be allowed on the platform. Mm -hmm. Um, we're not trying to give people voices that are known for, for just doing just gross shit, excuse my language. Um, <laughs> but you know, there, I mean, there, there will be some exceptions because look, there's sometimes Twitter banned folks who didn't do anything wrong. You know, Elon had suspended a whole bunch of journalists not too long ago. So of course, in a situation like that, it's a, it's a case by case basis. But if you were inciting, you know, an insurrection, um, you would not be allowed on our platform. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just one other thing too, um, you know, and and I showed an example of this yesterday. We also pay attention to cross-platform uh, harassment and abuse. Mm. You know, a lot of platforms, you know, they try to well, you know, we only care about what you're doing on our platform, um, and you can't take that approach uh, they, because it's it, this stuff is not happening in a vacuum. So if someone is being targeted on Twitter and decides to seek refuge on Spotable, um, and then that 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 person that's you know targeting uh comes to spotable and tries to continue that um and we are made aware of it we are going to look at not just the activities on spotable but also the activities on twitter or instagram and if we see that there's a pattern there hell yeah that person will be suspended permanently so how do you monitor that uh it seems like that would be a herculean task to keep an eye on things well, like that i mean obviously you'd wait for reports to come in but right. there has to be some sort of proactive attention to it is there a process in place for that too well see here's the thing um and you're absolutely right to let's say one day we get to 500,000 or a million users we obviously can't monitor attacks and whatever on all those users so it would be a report by report basis that we have something where someone says you know just not here on spotable balls on twitter like the question would be um are you also being targeted on the other platform by this person i'm just just throwing out language there mm -hmm. and they can then show examples of that because right now the platform you know is is, is not huge yet um when someone reports and says hey you know uh, this person uh, is you know harassing because this is what it just recently happened this person is harassing me and this is their profile on twitter and we took a look at it and it was like yeah and then with me personally uh, one of my trolls actually followed me onto my, which is so insane, <laughs> followed me onto my platform and started trying to harass me on my platform as well. It's, oh, so, it's so, so bizarre. Yeah. But how are you handling the criticism of the site itself? And there's some rumor mongering going on yeah, as well. That's to be expected, right? Yeah. Look, here, here's the thing. I've dealt with rumors for the last, what, four or five years. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it started off that we stole uh, Twitter's code, and then there was some Russian code, and then there's this, this, there's this huge, massive data breach, and there's this, this, the that, and the third. Um, you know, there are there are a bunch of folks, and I'm, I'm and I'm serious here now, that know Twitter is dying, and they know that their time is limited in terms of their harassment and things of that nature. So if let's say people are making a you know an exodus to spotable and mastodon and post and a couple of other platforms and they know they can't take that garbage to those platforms because i hope post is not going to allow that for the most part mastodon is, is is not and we're obviously not um that then you know kind of limits them in terms of how they can then go on these these targeted harassment campaigns so of course they would try to spread missing disinformation about spotable because they don't want people using it because they want them to be there on twitter so they can continue the harassment mm -hmm. is there going to be an app that's one of the questions that i get a lot yes yeah, so you know the, the goal first is to get the platform stable you know where we're not getting bouts of uh, i can't reach it because there's just so much activity going on once we get past that and you know the website is working smoothly then we'll roll out the app you know to get the app out is not going to take long we're not talking months we're talking you know weeks Wow. Um, but we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, but we just got to make sure the platform is stable first and it's able to handle, 
you know, the, the amount of traffic that we expect to, to start rolling in. Um, but once we're able to do that, then yeah. Um, and then just rolling out features and just fixing the bugs and things like that. Look, you know, the hardest part is getting people to come, you know, and, and we, we, <laughs> the first day launching, we're able to overcome that. People are on there, they're using it, they're interacting. Um, so that's the, you know, that's the hard part. You know, the engineering part of things, fixing things, you know, they're, they're, they're being patient right now. And we have some great users. Um, there are folks that are frustrated and I totally get it, but for the most part, people are being patient. And um, I just think that once we iron out the bugs and we do have an app or whatever, I do think we're gonna, we, we are going to be one of the top five alternatives uh, to Twitter. Yeah, it seems like we're kind of in a mini dot com era for social media. And I believe there'll be a lot of other competitors to Twitter and Facebook and so on emerging in this kind of gap where the other social media platforms are driving people away. But I think that that is going to congeal into maybe, you know, four or five gr truly great platforms. And I, honest to God, I think Spoutable is going to be one of them, if not the top one, just because of the way you've developed it and the features you've chosen to include, I think are all very user beneficial, user geared. And I think that's going to make it rise to the surface as we work our way through the next uh, several years for sure. Okay, one last break. Back with more Christopher Boozy right after these words. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. You know, before we wrap up, Christopher, I got to ask you about the midterms. I mean, you uh, emerged out of that election cycle as one of the most respected election forecasters. What was that like to see the returns coming in on election night and the days following and realize that you called nearly all of them? It was it was great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an understatement. Yeah. It was it was great because I'll I'll tell you why I was getting so much help from folks mocking me and saying I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about and oh you're gonna have you're gonna look like a fool on election day and I was confident in 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 you know my analysis I was confident in the data but at the same time you know there's still a part of you that is just like man if i get this wrong i'm not going to be able to ever come back on social media ever again <laughs> cuz you, you know and when it when the results started coming in i was just like okay all right yeah you know yeah. but new york i got to tell you new york new york uh, come oh on. god yeah what a mess that turned out to be with the gerrymandering screw up huh? yeah you know if New York didn't screw up as, as much as they did, then I would have, you know, all my predictions would have came true. Mm -hmm. um, I was not expecting such a massive collapse in New York, and no one was. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I knew Florida. You know, so many folks were counting on Florida. I just said, no, stop doing that. Florida, <laughs> stop with Florida. Florida is not a... You know, it's not like, oh, it's a purple. No, it's not. It's red. Florida is just, it's its just stop. It's just not. Yeah, it yeah, really is. Yeah. There's little pockets here and there, but for the most part, it's red state. And, you know, Democrats have to realize, like, stop trying to bet on Florida. Mm -hmm. What happened to the pollsters and the political press last year? <laughs> I mean, how, how the hell did they get it all so wrong? Well, there's two things. You can, you can look, you can, you can either say that they knew that what they were saying was bullshit hmm. and 
that they were just saying it or they don't know what the hell they're doing. It's one or the other. Yeah. Um, Because for you to be that, there's nothing in the data that was that that was indicating a a quote unquote red wave. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't the only one who who said this. There was a few others as well who was looking at the data and they were also getting uh, a mocked. And when we were looking at this stuff, you know, I wasn't seeing I wasn't seeing anything in the data that stated like or indicated, I should say, this huge red wave is coming and, and Democrats are going to get their cocks keen. To the contrary, it was all favoring Democrats. Uh, you know, the, the voter registration uh, data was looking really, really good for Democrats. Uh, um, the camp, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, donation figures in terms of, you know, how much money these candidates was raising uh, was looking great for Democrats. Everything was looking great for Democrats. So, you know, I'm just looking at this data and I'm saying, well, where's the red wave? Like where, there's no, there's no signals. There's nothing in the data that's showing this. Yeah. And I was, and I was right. I mean, look, the Democrats could have did much better in terms of the house. Like I said, if New York didn't collapse and even in California, there were some, some issues there as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a great moment to be honest with you. Seems like the, uh, political press relied too much on the old script and not only that, but national polls, which as far as I'm concerned on a midterm or even in a presidential election, national polls are more or less useless because people don't vote nationally necessarily. We're talking about individual districts. We're talking about individual precincts and you have to boil things down to that level in order to, but you can't do that in in the context of 30 seconds on cable news between commercial breaks. It's just not conducive. So consequently, I think they end up leaning back onto uh, just the old assumptions, which we're now well beyond that as your forecasts <laughs> accurately foretold. So yeah, congratulations on that. And what are you seeing in terms of the presidency in 2024? Is oh. Trump going to be the Republican nominee? Should we be worried about him? Is he going to drop out? What What are you seeing at this point? I know it's well, super early, but yeah. It's super early, but I'll tell you this. Biden is going to win. And and this is not based on, I just want to be clear to your listeners, this is not based on uh, data or anything like that. It's just common sense. And I'll explain why. He has the he, he first thing he's an incumbent, so he has the office, you know, and everything that comes with it. So that puts him at a significant advantage. Then the other thing is, Trump is a wild card, <laughs> and if he's not the nominee, will he run as an independent? And if he ran as an independent, he's going to split the vote. Yes. It's best case okay. scenario as far as I'm concerned. He's, he's going to split the vote. Yeah. Now, now here's the other part to this. Let's say he does not, uh, you know, run as an independent, but he's not the nominee. How many folks are going to stay home because he's not the nominee? And then if he is the nominee, <laughs> if he <laughs> is the nominee, he's going to roll up all the independents and all the other folks that just can't stand him. Yeah. Um, the, the best thing for Democrats is Trump. He's the gift that keeps on giving. So, you know, unless, you know, Biden comes out in his robe and flashes everyone or does something crazy like starts World War 3, I can I can pretty much guarantee folks he's going to be the president of the uh, the president of the United States. Um, yeah, no, he, he I, I realize that's hard to choke down those words. Donald Trump president of the United States. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you know, Donald Trump, you know, Look, he didn't do well the last time, and that was before the craziness that has come, you know, come to light. And you know, look, DeSantis. Let's—he's already going after DeSantis, mm -hmm. a, which I was shocked by. That I got to be honest, I was shocked by him going after DeSantis so early on. Um, so he knows DeSantis is a threat, but I'm not—I'm not from the camp that thinks DeSantis is. Uh, you know, he he has a chance on the on the national stage. I think DeSantis is just right for Florida. Mm -hmm. But you put him on the national stage, I think uh, uh, Trump would clean his clock. I really do think that. Yeah. You know, as much as I hate saying Trump is going to clean someone's clock, I, I do think he would he would be he would beat him up pretty pretty bad. Yeah, DeSantis doesn't have the heft. 
to compete nope. nationally. No, nope. no. I, I totally agree with you on that. He does not. Why do you think the Republicans refuse to distance themselves from Trump? Uh, it seems like the writing is on the wall, but yet they're still tethered to him for some reason. It seems like an odd choice. Because he has a massive following. I guess so. And, and they have not, his following has not left him. So he's still a power broker. Mm-hmm. He is he he is a force i mean look i am i am not a a trump fan at all but you you have to respect at least that part that he does wield some power with still within that party and if he tell folks you know what don't go and vote more than likely they're not going to vote yeah um and i and 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 that terrifies them um but then on the other hand you know he, he didn't do that well in terms of the uh, of the midterms and he he endorsed a lot of folks and they won the primaries but when it came to the general election they they got their clocks cleaned mm-hmm. um so the whole thing is you know it's like a it, once again it's a catch 22 you damned if you do you damned if you don't the best thing for republicans would be if he gets <laughs> if he gets indicted somewhere and he has to drop out and i think that's what they're they're hoping for yeah <laughs> that would be a stroke of luck for the republican party in a sense yeah. obviously justice has to be done for sure not opposed to that but i think the republicans would like some sort of act of god to get trump out of the way in fact wasn't that mckay coppins uh-huh. reporting the other day saying that uh-huh. there are republicans secretly wishing for trump's eternal demise or uh-huh. more, trump's mortal demise i think was the language yeah it's it's it, and this is something that's uh, to, be, to be quite honest with you that I've heard before that reporting, uh, where there were folks that were saying, "Oh gosh, I just why won't I'm just saying what they're saying now? So I don't say, why won't this guy just Boozy die? wants okay. Trump to die? No, no, because no, I know folks are going to say that, and I'm not saying that, but there have been people, and I've seen this with my own eyes on the right, who have said. Why doesn't Trump just die already? Like, yeah. why, with all of the stuff that he eats, why isn't this guy? <laughs> why is he still alive? I'm not kidding. Because <sighs> uh, I tell people all the time, you know, the, everyone paints me as this, this like this leftist guy, and believe me, I am a Democrat, but I do have quite a few, you know, folks on the right, well-known people that a lot of you guys do see and know. Um, that I correspond with, mm-hmm. um, you know, I yeah, can get too. along with. Yeah, we we all do. Um, just because just because I may not agree with them in terms of policy and, and a lot of other stuff, some of them are great people. You know, mm-hmm. some of them are, are actually cool people. We just don't agree on you know a lot of different stuff. But one thing I can say there there are a bunch of Republicans who just want Trump to go away somewhere, or shape, or form, or other. <laughs> Before we go, I, I just yeah. want to say this. Okay. I, I, Going back to DeSantis, because I think this is really important. Um, you know, every time I hear, and especially in the media, where, you know, they're they're just they're hyping DeSantis up, you know, it reminds me of the, you know, I, I forget which cycle it was, uh, where they were hyping up all these. It wasn't it wasn't the cycle with I think it was the cycle before Trump, uh, when it was Obama's uh a second term yeah. and they, they were hyping up all these different individuals that were, you know, that were running. Um, and I, you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, yeah, he looks great now because mm-hmm. he hasn't really gone up against anyone. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just like when Giuliani had ran that time and they were like, Oh, you know, he's a piece America's mayor and, and all that other stuff. And or yeah. Or Fred Thompson, Fred Thompson yeah, was going to be like the next Reagan. And as soon as he got up on the debate stage, they were like, is that the guy that that's not the guy from the movies. That's some other guy. Who's this guy. And so the whole thing fell apart. And that's, I think you're spot on. I think the exact same thing is going to happen to Ron DeSantis. This is the guy. What with his little squeaky voice. I, I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Exactly, and that was, if I'm not mistaken, that was that was, yeah, because uh, that's when Romney, if I'm not, yes, that's yeah. when Romney ended up becoming the nominee. So it was it was Fred Thompson, uh, uh, it was Giuliani, mm-hmm. and there was, there was a couple other folks as well. And, and you know, every other week, 
you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is going to be the guy. This is definitely going to be the guy. And each time, <laughs> yeah. you know, that person, it was even a uh, uh, Bobby Sant- Jindal. Sant- yeah, yeah, and Santorum. I think Santorum was like yeah. had a week where he was winning. <laughs> for, like there was no you know, chance, I mean, but yeah. You know, when 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 they were saying like Bobby Jindal was going to be the guy, <laughs> I was just like, these folks are are on something there's just no way that's going mm-hmm. to happen and uh, hey I, I mean i haven't even heard about bobby jindal and how long <laughs> no that state of the union response he did was the <laughs> just ended <laughs> his political career i mean good god i've never seen a self-immolation like that Okay, well, on that note, the website is spoutable.com. Link in the description, of course. Sign up now and enjoy the huge breath of fresh air. Thank you so much for the talk, my friend. Good luck. And speaking for both Kimberly and me, we've totally got your back. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. The dance floor attempt. Music is killing. I don't understand. People drink pills instead. Letting the music go to west, Lord, it just ain't fair. Hit the floor and I work it, work it, work it. That beat takes me to the zone. I got that freezer, I got that master. The stuff that makes you want to play. Hands off my reward.
rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.